0: This is exactly right. My Hello. Hello, and welcome to my favorite murder
1: where we read you your stories. Do you want to go first? Sure. Mine were under a cat. Okay. This is called Drag Story Hour Murderino. Hi there. My name is Pickle, and I'm a drag queen here in LA.
0: <laughs> Pickle's the best drag queen name. I need to take a look at Pickle right now. Oh, Pickle. <laughs> Yes, Drag Laureate, the city of West Hollywood, Drag Story Hour, Los Angeles. Pickle's doing it. Pickle's killing
1: it. Pickle is at Pickle Drag Queen on Instagram. Following. Boom. Okay. (laughs) I love the podcast and I always listen to you. And it says, and buried bones. Well, I'm making my costumes. And then it says, which then I wear to read to kids. So that's a little sinister, but also very wholesome. It's not like I talk about murder at story hour. See? I mean, amen.
0: We have our boundaries. We know what we're
1: doing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually not sure if you've covered the assassination of Robert Kennedy, then Alejandra let me know that we, I actually covered it in the second episode of this podcast. Did you really? (laughs) Called My Second Best Murder. Why did we name it that? I don't know. Because
0: we remember we were doing like My Firstest Murder, Second Best, and then we around 18 had to bail because we're like, how are we going to do this? Yeah. It's not like we thought we were going to do 400 fucking episodes of this podcast. Dude. (laughs) What if we were still doing it? It It's like My 400th. Yeah. (laughs) just
1: quip upon quip okay but that is my hometown i'm from nla and when i was a young boy nine or ten circa 2005 or so my god he's a baby baby. i was making a cameo in an elvis costello music video called monkey to man Hmm. and it says my fellow cameo maker was jenny lewis so that was cool but i was nine so i didn't know it was cool and i just thought she had very chic hair She does. We filmed the video at the Ambassador Hotel not too long before they tore it down. And one of the hotel staff took me to the kitchen where RFK was shot. It was super creepy. And he showed me the corner where the assassin, Sirhan Sirhan, jumped out and shot him. And the tiny X carved into the cement floor where he fell.
0: Why would that hotel worker do that
1: with a young child? That's a great question. Well, then it says, I do realize now that maybe I shouldn't have followed a random stranger (laughs) to the kitchen where... The senator got shot 40 <laughs> years prior, but I spent the rest of the day searching the hotel for ghosts, but they never revealed themselves to me. So no luck there. I am not paranormally gifted. Mm. The hotel was demolished within the year. And so now the X is gone, but it is seared into my memory. What a weird fucking thing
0: to show a nine or 10 year old. Or maybe it's a person that was like a murderino type that was like, I think this kid's going to like this.
1: Yeah. This is this is making a murderery now for sure. Thank you for all the great content and also for all the work you do. I am super inspired by your spirit and you always make me laugh while I'm sewing giant pink bows and gowns.
0: <laughs> Best pickle. Pickle! Pickle! Yay! So good. I know I've said this to you before, but drag comedy is kind of my favorite comedy because as a stand up. Watching drag queens perform like, you know, drag bingo or whatever, mm-hmm. where it's like they're doing like performance art, improv, stand up and basically crowd work all together with essentially kind of holding a reality of their own, a new reality. Yeah.
1: And in like complete like evening wear from a fucking like Miss America pageant.
0: Wearing like corset shit that like wigs. Literally, I get a stomach ache. Yeah. Yeah. I just, it's my favorite. And they are the funniest because they kind of have to be the funniest. Mm-hmm. So, Pickle, I love Pickle's name, but I was never more excited than when Peaches Christ started following me on Twitter. <gasps> I couldn't believe it. So, if Peaches is listening, hi. <laughs> We're just stolen from Alaska. <laughs> right. <laughs> it says, The Onion Pie Murder Historic Hometown. Mm. Hi, ladies. Whilst procrastinating at work, I started reading up on our local prison in Lewis, UK. It looks like Lou's, but then they put Lewis in parentheses. Whilst reading through the notable inmates, including Mick Jagger of the Rolling Stones, I discovered that Sarah Ann French, the last inmate to be publicly hung at the prison, and also the first and only woman. Hmm. On Christmas Eve 1851, Sarah Ann French served her husband, William French, his favorite meal, onion pie. (laughs) When William French died days later of a supposed stomach upset, the superintendent didn't believe that it was could be natural causes, and on closer inspection it was discovered he died from arsenic poisoning. Oh dear. It was a classic would-you-marry-me-if-my-husband-was-out-of-the-way story. Mm -hmm. Sarah Ann had fallen in love with someone else and wanted her husband out of the picture. Sarah Ann's public execution amassed a huge crowd of approximately 4,000 people. People used to go to public executions like as a day
1: out with their family.
0: Yeah, with kids and stuff. What the fuck? Well, it's before the internet. Which is mad considering that is about a quarter of the population today. The prison decided to stop public hangings after this event when they learned that Sarah Ann had been an attendee at the public hanging of another husband poisoner in nearby Hastings just three years earlier. Hmm. The prison decided there was no beneficial impact on society by witnessing these hangings and instead could be influencing others to commit the same crimes. Hmm. As someone who is incredibly intolerant to onions, this story stood out to me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Did you know that there are... Um, there are old graves that have like favorite recipes on them. Yes. If there's someone going around making those recipes. Yes, I love that. How cool because that?
0: it's like, if you had like a, say a grandma yeah. who made your favorite chocolate chip cookies yeah. in her certain way, and that's basically like anyone can have these now. Forever. I love that. So good. I love it.
1: I do too. What would your grandma's recipe be?
0: <laughs> My grandmother... <laughs> Had nine children. Okay, let's oh. just say this. My grandmother was an immigrant when she was 17 years old. Mm-hmm. She had nine kids. She did her best, but she used to make, <laughs> she made pot roast. Okay. And she had a pot roast on the stove in a big pot every single day. So you could go to her wow. house at any time, day <sighs> or night, and get a slice of pot roast that if you is wanted to. dream. That was just like her jam. But then there was a joke that we literally, we never stopped doing after she died because Mm -hmm. she used to serve if she had Thanksgiving at her house she would serve iceberg lettuce salad that had a big square of jello with a creep right. cocktail in it yes and thousand island oh dressing God. on top of it oh no thank you it is so it's so funny to me because it's like we used to eat it when we were younger like i guess okay. yeah. and it's kind of crazy but then like the older everybody got we were like why are we doing this this is us hour <laughs> talking about yeah, for ourselves. real for oh wait i didn't even finish this email <laughs> i know <laughs> As someone who's incredibly intolerant to onions, this story stood out to me. Thanks for the amazing podcast and all you do, stay sexy and be suspicious of homemade pies, Chloe. That's a good one to hide arsenic in, I
1: feel like, because onions are so overpowering. Yep. Take note, everyone. <laughs>
0: Murder, and here's the important note: that promo code is all lowercase.
1: So go to Shopify.com/slash/murder and take your retail business to the next level.
0: That's Shopify.com/slash/murder again. Don't forget the code is all lowercase. Goodbye.
1: Light-hearted dad lore slash Stephen King origin story. Hey, emphasis mine. Okay. <laughs> Hello, Karen, Georgia, and the Menagerie of Pets, which you can see in the video that we're making for the fan cult right now. There's Blossom and here's a really unhappy (laughs) Dottie.
0: (laughs) Not very happy
1: Blossom either. (laughs) Okay, I'm not much of a writer, but this has been sitting in my notes out for way too long. I was recently listening to throwback minisodes and heard some about Stephen King. So I wanted to write in about my dad and his Stephen King related dad lore. Dad lore Mm. is a good topic. Let's do dad lore. Dad lore is a great topic. Guys, send us your dad lore stories. My dad grew up in Maine. He was an original latchkey kid whose dad passed away when he was young. For most of his childhood, he was raising his younger brother and bouncing around the rural parts of Maine. He spent most of his time in Lisbon Falls, Maine, where he went to school with Stephen King. As with many baby boomer fathers, whenever he meets up with his buddies from high school and has a couple beers, it is common to hear many new shocking stories told in a very nonchalant manner. <laughs> Recently, they were Stephen King related. He told me over the summer that Stephen King was from a nearby school district, but because it was so rural, they bust Stephen King and the other kids into his school. Apparently, they did not have the budget for a bus, so they converted an old, all caps, funeral hearse what into a school bus so yes, Stephen King's origin story might be that he had to ride a school through the creepy dark backwoods of Maine in a hearse. Converted, like they cut the roof off and put seats in or like- I don't know. I think the roof could stay, but they must've just put like a couple rows of oh, seats yeah. in. And then they didn't use seatbelts back then. So they might have just toss the kids
0: in like willy-nilly. They just made them get in the coffin area. Probably. Like, s- please sit and put your hands in your lap and yeah. you know, don't screw I don't know why I immediately took the roof off the hearse.
1: <laughs> I know, That was pretty cool. You were like, yeah, that that was like your murdered out car at Bob's Big Boy on Friday nights. Yeah, exactly. That's my, I'd lower it, I'd tint the (laughs) windows. There's also a small enough community in that area that my dad and his buddies know who most of the characters in his books are based on. Oh. Apparently, all caps, including my own father. Ooh. In true dad lore fashion, it slipped that, quote, the body and its screen adaptation, stand by me, are based off him and his friends what (laughs) when they were in middle school a boy their age went missing along the tracks in maine there was a reward offered for whoever found the body so naturally he and his friends all minimally supervised latchkey children Mm -hmm. decided that they would try and get that and it says this money (laughs) so they set off to go find the body of the missing boy I mean, wow. When they began their weekend long hike, they walked out to the train tracks where they were quickly confronted by an older group of guys. One of which was one of his friend's older brother, and more notably, one of the other older guys was Stephen King.
0: Oh shit! So Stephen King was not the was not Will Wheaton in that situation. He was like Kiefer Sutherland.
1: He was the Kiefer Sutherland group, which, by the way, Kiefer Sutherland, like,
0: ah, in that movie, no. Not for me. Will Wheaton for you? Corey Feldman too. I love Corey Feldman. Uh, no, fucking River Phoenix.
1: Oh, River Phoenix. I yeah, mean... I didn't like the, I like. I didn't like him that pretty. I was like, <laughs> I don't stand a chance. I don't stand the chance with the gorgeous ones. I'm going to take the second one or like the funny one. You know what I mean? Yes. Ah, uh, confidence. Okay. <laughs>
0: it's always been there.
1: Yeah. One of the older guys told my dad and friends they were dumb and threatened to beat them up if they went looking for the body. <laughs> More importantly, they asked, what's your plan when you find this kid's body in the middle of the woods? My dad and his buddies quickly realized that their plan had a few minor holes. So unlike the book and the movie, that was as far as this group of poorly supervised preteens got. They immediately gave up on their (laughs) body finding endeavors. Hmm. I'm sure I will find out more Stephen King related dad lore next time his friends come to town and I will be sure to write in. Please do. Mm -hmm. Thank you for all you guys do. I began listening to you when I was in college. I was a D1 athlete and miserable spending all of my time at practice or on a bus going from competition to competition. You guys kept me company during countless bus rides and study halls, and now during my workday. I refer to you lovingly as my murder friends to my girlfriend who does not like true crime or podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. I would love to give a, and it says SO, which I think for the young kids is shout out. <laughs> To a fellow murderino who got me through those tough times, my athletic trainer, Fafa. She truly cares about the physical and mental well-being of all her student athletes, which is kind of rare in the world of college sports. Mm best, CJ, she, her.
0: First of all, CJ, congratulations on being a D1 athlete because it takes a level of dedication from probably age eight, I would imagine. What does that mean? I don't,
1: I'm don't. i like a D minus, whatever it is, because I don't even know. What I that think is. it just
0: means you're competing on a college level, oh, wow. which in and of itself isn't easy to do. And I think yeah. it's like a certain level of a college level. So it's like, wow. not just whatever. Yeah. I'm not sure, but I've heard my sister and Nora and talk about like, oh, she got okay. picked by D1 school or whatever. Wow. And it is Crazy. just, yeah, it's constant where I'm like, I think about that all the time. It's just like that dedication. It's really something. But also then yeah. they're the kind of people that are like, when they're a little bit older, they're like, yeah, I get up and go run in the morning because I know it actually feels really good. Right. Where I'm literally still like, I just need to walk to the kitchen. I just need to get to the, <laughs> the coffee maker. <sighs> That's okay. We're all here with you. Look, we can't all be D1 athletes. (laughs) The subject line of this is hidden treasure. Hello. Back in 2018, my partner and I left our modest home in the mountains. We called it the cabin to move in with and care for his dad who suffered from Lewy body dementia. He has since passed. He was kind, caring, intelligent, funny, and talented. He had a cupboard full of board games which moved up to the cabin after we moved out of his house in 2020 chess backgammon pente i've never heard of that game Uh p-e-n-t-e pente all the classics and two sets of scrabble One deluxe with a fancy velvet pouch for the letter Mm. tiles and one regular. I love Scrabble and used to play it all the time when I was a cool young 20-something nerd. (laughs) In parentheses, it says in all caps, nerd. Mm. But I haven't played it in years because my partner's dyslexic and he does not enjoy Scrabble. Yeah. Mm, Fair enough. So for the last couple of years, Scrabble lay dormant. Fast forward to the spring, to this spring, 2023, when we sold the house. My partner considered leaving one of the Scrabble sets for the new owners because mountain houses deserve board games. He decided at the last minute to take them both and donate one. After bringing the last load to our new house, he was about to drop off some things to Mm. donate when the deluxe Scrabble box fell off the top of the tower of donation items onto the floor in the cab of the truck. (gasps) Tiles spilled everywhere. Among the tiles in the fancy pouch out fell a Rolex. Oh my (laughs) God. Oh my God. We had found some things hidden in odd places due to his dad's dementia, Mm. but the Rolex was by far the most surprising. And to think we almost gave it away twice. Fuck. (laughs) I have many fond and funny memories of his dad, and I'm glad we could add another story to the collection even after he passed. Oh no, I'm going to start crying. To anyone out there caring for a loved one with dementia, hang in there. I know it's hard. Your patience is repeatedly tested, and sometimes it fails, and you second guess every decision you make along the way, not knowing what right answers are. Those were the most challenging years of my life, but I'm grateful for all the beautiful moments that were sprinkled throughout the heartbreaking and frustrating ones. And even though at some point you can't really articulate it anymore, your loved one appreciates you. XO, Sarah.
1: Oh, oh my God, that's beautiful. Why don't I read these emails all the way through?
0: <laughs> well, it's not like you wouldn't have done it if you fucking, <laughs> like, fuck this one. Just throw it out entirely. No, that one is like, that was treasure, but then it's also like a beautiful story. And perfect. we just, in the last one we had that, where there's really something kind of magical to that after a loved one dies yeah. discovery yeah, it's like a message from beyond. It's so cool, completely. And that's like that Christmas that my sister found that little bell lady. Um, yes, that was yes, on yes. our mantle all our lives, but like never, oh. no one ever talked about it or cared about it. And right, I opened a box and it was like it just shows the up. The bell lady is the craziest. <laughs> it's
1: the best. Oh my god, that's beautiful. Yeah. I love it. Everyone, check your grandpa's pockets before you. Yeah, that's donate right. His clothes, to rummage
0: through that stuff. Yeah, be nosy. Springtime's all about making a fresh start, and nothing says clean slate like completed to-do list. If your to-do list includes finding a
1: home security system, look no further than Simply Safe.
0: Simply Safe is an award-winning home security system, and it's a top pick at publications like NerdWallet and CNET. Simply Safe's easy
1: to install HD cameras. Keep watch over your home day and night. Plus, their advanced sensors can tell the difference between a break-in, a weather event, or a false alarm.
0: And if there is a break-in, SimpliSafe's 24-7 professional monitoring. Means you'll have a trained agent on standby. They can talk to intruders in real time and dispatch emergency responders. If you need
1: help during setup, the Simply Safe customer service team is world-class. Newsweek recognized
0: them as the best in the business. You get all this peace of mind for less than $1 a day. And if you don't love it after 60 days, return your system for a full refund. Vince was out of
1: town the other weekend, and I have to say it was such a comfort and felt so secure because I have an alarm system in my house. If I didn't have that in my house when Vince was out of town, I'd go stay with a friend because that alarm system gives me peace of mind and I need that when Vince is gone and I'm home alone. So find the peace of mind you've been searching for. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com/fave. That's simplysafe.com/fave. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Goodbye. Bye. My last one is kind of long also wild and dangerous school sponsored quote trip. Mm. That says three minute read. Hello all. I've been a fan for years and I keep thinking I need to write in and finally have the guts to do so. So this is a long story, but I'm summing it up for you. So let's waste no more time and get
0: to it. <laughs> You've wasted so much time already. <laughs> when I was
1: 16, I took a trip with my high school to Eastern Europe. There were 20 high schoolers and three chaperones, and we went for 18 days. Hell yeah. it's a long time. And you can
0: drink over there because there's the drinking. Oh,
1: sorry. That's right. (laughs) The chaperones didn't supervise whatsoever, and it felt more like spring break Daytona most days. (laughs) It says, but with 15 and 16-year-olds drinking German beer. Yes. Anyway, that sets the stage. Halfway through the trip, we took an overnight train from Poland to the Czech Republic. They divided the students into groups of four, and we each got a cabin on the very old Soviet-era train with bunk beds and a window that was permanently open. Wow. Oh, and a door that didn't lock. It was me, my best friend, and two boys from our high school football team in my cab. Did I mention this was an overnight train and there was no food or water? We didn't know until I asked about water and the chaperone, who was the high school German teacher, told me the conductor was selling beer for one euro and that was our only option until morning when we got to Prague. Well then, if
0: that's the only option, I'll have 17.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So naturally, me and my best friend trekked to the front of the train, straddled an open bar and it said you could see the tracks below. What? And a man who spoke zero English sold us warm bottles of beer from a milk crate. That's right, they drink warm beer it's in warm. Europe.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, not always, but yeah, for the most part, that's their thing. When we were on our flight to Paris, Vince got a beer and it was warm and he asked for a cup of ice and the stewardess said, don't do that when you get to Paris. Like, oh, don't. Right. like you'll be, will be offended. Yes. exactly. And then it says, this was 2 a.m., mind you. Needless to say, in my cab, we stayed up all night drinking because we were unsupervised American 16-year-olds in the middle of the Czech Republic on a train. What did they expect? Here's where shit gets wild. Oh, At around 3 a.m., the train comes to a complete stop. There's no intercom. The train is very old. Did I mention that? <laughs> so we all just gather around the open window wondering what's going on. To our horror, we are in the middle of the forest. Picture fog, moonlight, and then insert lots of loud yelling in a foreign language. Our chaperones are asleep, and we can't ask anyone what's happening, so we just watch in utter confusion as the train just idles. A few minutes later, we see flashlights and a man in a jumpsuit jump off the train, screaming and running away through the woods until he disappears. A few minutes later, the train restarts, and we are all freaking out with no literal clue what's happening. (laughs) We all sober up real quick. Fast forward to morning, we arrive in Prague. No one from my bunk has slept and our chaperones meet us outside the train so we can all head to breakfast as a group. When we ask the head chaperone if she knows what happened last night, she simply laughs and says, an escaped convict boarded our train. And when they found him, he jumped from the train and escaped. Jesus Christ. And just keeps going on about her breakfast. Through more chatter amongst the chaperones, we learn that this escaped prisoner was in our train car probably just a few doors down.
0: Oh my God. But
1: no door locks.
0: No door locks, a big open
1: window. And yep. They're drunk off their asses. Exactly. I can just sum up the rest of the trip by saying this is about how wild and unsafe every day on this quote study abroad <laughs> trip was. My mom still doesn't know how insane this trip was and it's been 15 years. Anyway, stay sexy and maybe don't send your 16 year old daughter to
0: Eastern Europe for an educational <laughs> trip. And it signed Catherine. Catherine. That is, I think it's time to tell your mom the story. If if it's been 15 years, she's not going to be mad anymore. Just wait until like after a holiday dinner of some kind when she might have a couple on board. And then she's like, look, I finally got to tell you about this trip. And maybe she'll have some stories to tell you, and then you can write in another email about your mom's story. And put it in the subject line, hey guys, Catherine here. Hey, it's Catherine. (laughs) You told me to do this, but you've definitely (laughs) forgotten. Okay, so this is my third one. I'm not going to read you the subject line. This is so not so. Okay. And it just starts. My dad would be what most would imagine as an all-American, freedom-loving, flannel-wearing, beer-drinking dad. On top of that, he also has some of the best dad lore around. Wait, we must have, we asked for dad lore. We must have. Yeah, but, okay, we must have already done it? I mean, because they mentioned it in theirs, in the one you read. I think dad lore is a thing, and we just asked for it. Dad lore, okay. So on top of that, He also had some of the best dad lore around. This man had survived stage four leukemia. Whoa. He was nearly a hot air balloon pilot. (laughs) Nearly. (laughs) An active member of the Bigfoot Hunting League of America. Yes. Oh, my God. I love this man. But I'm about to tell you my personal favorite story. So my dad started his own stone manufacturing company from the ground up and has become extremely successful through hard work and determination. In his success, he got to travel to many other countries. One of these trips was to Italy to visit some mines and get to know some foreign partners. He luckily was traveling with a good friend of ours from Italy called Adagio. Adagio was going to be my dad's guide and help him around since my all-American dad wasn't about. Out to learn foreign customs. Of course not. <laughs> Why would you? You should have seen when he went to Vietnam and China lol. Adagio knew all the great places and hidden gems to eat and drink wine at. My dad isn't all that fancy of a guy and could care less about wine. My childhood was filled with campfire hot dogs and apple pies being fine cuisine. Mm. It it is fine cuisine. Mm-hmm. I honestly think it was more for Adagio, though he grew up with a very Italian mother. So he was excited to try all of the meats and cheeses. Mm -hmm. They went to a late night wine tasting in a hidden back alley restaurant that was accessible through many hidden doors. And while they were eating, my dad said a guy kept looking at him and drawing on a notepad. This guy was at a table behind Adagio, so Adagio didn't see him at first. My dad, being the wonderful but suspicious guy that he is, was a bit put off by this and asked Adagio if the guy was into him or if this was just an Italian thing. (laughs) Adagio laughed and turned around to say hello to the guy, since he assumed he might have known him or could strike up a friendly conversation to get to know what he was doing. Though when Adagio turned around, he paused and nearly choked on his wine. Mm -hmm. He turned swiftly back around and looked at my dad with his jaw to the floor, astonished, asking if my dad had no clue who that guy was. My dad had absolutely no clue and was even more confused now. My poor dad, who, mind you, usually goes to bed at eight and was just trying to enjoy his meats and cheeses. (laughs) Adagio then whispers, that's Dolce from Dolce and Gabbana. Holy shit. My dad must have looked very interesting in his flannel shirt from Tractor Supply, <laughs> his blue jeans, cowboy boots, and leather belt, LOL. So American. I'm sure this is quite a sight to see in Italy. My dad was confused why everyone was making such a big deal about this. He likes to say he inspired Dolce's flannel line, which I think he actually did. <laughs> oh my God. My dad is a wonderful man who has literally been through everything, seen everything, done everything, and inspired everyone around him. His efforts in finding a cure for leukemia and going through numerous painful experimental treatments saved so many lives, and I know his influence and sacrifice has touched so many. If you guys read this on the podcast, I'll be sure to let him know. Scott would love to hear it.
1: Scott! Scott! <laughs> that guy's straight up forrest gump like this is just like <laughs> he goes this, and influences dolce and
0: cabana he fucking saves people's lives he's a fucking legend oh my God. thank you so much ladies you've gotten me through high school childbirth and college whoa hopefully not all at once <laughs> <laughs> and i couldn't thank you enough stay sexy and wear flannels in italy izzy from burton ohio Wow. Yes. Such good dad lore. Such I love good the dad, dad lore. lore. Send
1: us your dad lore
0: or your mom lore. Yes, I think part of dad lore is the fact that you're telling your dad's stories that he's now telling you cuz he's in his, you know, older in life. Right. Where it is a comprehensive thing where you can say Because that's what life is. Life is getting fucking leukemia. Life is building your own business and fucking working your ass off and whatever. And like, it is all those things. And then it is being your authentic self because you've already been through so much shit, you know, who cares? Like, you should have seen me when I was trying to bring shoes to Italy. Both Adrian and I were freaking out. We're like, we can't wear bad shoes in Italy. And I love that Scott was like, fuck you. I'm wearing <laughs> <my> <laughs> car hearts and you'll be inspired by it. Right. Right. Oh my God. Okay. Send us your stories. My favorite murder at Gmail. Thank you guys so much for listening. Yes. We really appreciate it. And if you're in the fan cult or if you're interested in being in the fan cult, you might want to know that we, I was going to say videotaped, we videotaped this entire <laughs> mini sode and you can watch it if you join the fan cult.
1: That's right. And
0: we have two extra mini
1: so stories for you in the fan cult, too. So much over there. That's it. Yeah. MyFavoriteMurder.com is the website. That's right. And it's a new website. That's right. It's a beautiful website.
0: Enjoy it and stay sexy. And don't get murdered.
1: Goodbye. (laughs) Elvis, do you want a cookie?
0: (laughs) This has been an Exactly Right production. Our senior
1: producer is Alejandra Keck. Our editor is Aristotle Acevedo. This episode was mixed by Liana Squalacci.
0: Email your hometowns to myfavoritemurder@gmail.com at gmail.com.
1: And follow the show on Instagram and Facebook at myfavoritemurder Murder and on
0: Twitter at MyFaveMurder. Goodbye. Goodbye.